Good day, everybody. Thank you for joining another episode of Send ATV. I am your host, Shane Eastman. And today we have a great guest. He is actually wearing many hats, uh, but for the capacity of today, he is the vice president of AT Main Association. Um, of course, he is the president of the Northern, Northern Timber um, ATV Club uh, and Snowmobile Club as well. Uh, so without further ado, Mr. John Raymond, how are you, sir? Great. How are you, Shane, today? I am doing well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you agreeing to meet with us today and giving us your time. Just tell us about everything that's going on um, up there in Maine. And um, so for starters, uh, you know, what is the main function of the Maine uh, ATV Maine Association? Well, ATV Maine Association, I've become involved with it almost three years ago now. Uh, I call it two years because with COVID, we kind of lost a year there, but. Right. What we, what we are, we're, we're trying to be a unified voice for the safe and responsible ATV use in Maine and to provide educational reward, responsible ATV use and to be unified voice in legislation regarding ATV use. So basically educate people on what they're doing wrong mm -hmm. and also educate them on what's coming up for new laws and stuff that might affect them. Okay. Very good. Um, yeah. Cause there's a lot of misinformation. If no information, you know, people are just operating under the assumption. And of course, a lot of bad things happen uh, with those parameters. Um, you know, for example, case in point, I'll give you a quick case study of just me today. I was literally on the phone uh, uh, insuring two new machines I just literally purchased this weekend. And um, they were asking what state I was going to register. And I said, well, actually, I'm registering in both New Hampshire and Maine. It's like, well, you can't do that. I'm like, well, no, you're kind of required to. If you're going to ride on those trails, you need to be registered for those trails. Like, well, I've been doing this for 13 years. And it's like, uh it might be true for street legal stuff, but you know, when you're riding OHV and so forth, you need to be registered in the state you're going to be riding in. Sure. Uh, That's and, definitely true. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so don't let somebody who might think they're in a position of authority, give you misinformation, make sure you check with the area where you're riding, what you need to do and so forth. And I, and I wasn't going to argue with her. Um, and it was like, I've been riding in New England for all my life. So um, I just wanted to make sure that people don't listen to. And unfortunately, you know, maybe learn the hard way through fines and whatever the, because uh, what someone may have told you may not be true. That's for sure. Uh, so, um, so what seminars do you guys put on? Well, we don't really put on any seminars, but what we do have, we have a couple of uh, ATV trailers. Mm -hmm. with some small ATVs in them that we use to educate the younger kids. So if somebody's doing a, an event for the weekend, all they need to do is get a hold of ATV Maine. And we got one in Northern Maine and one in Southern Maine. And we will go to your event. We'll set up the little obstacle course. And we teach the younger kids how to, you know, even kids that never been on one before. Oh, okay. uh, that, that, they're safety tethered, so if they get on it and they get mixed up and they, they think the throttle's the wrong way or something, we can shut them down. Great. But uh, and some of them have been kids that 
have gotten scared on them before and we've gotten them back on them and, you know, let them ride it and feel comfortable with it. And it, it's, it's a, it's a nice service uh, and it's free. So if anybody wants that service, just contact ATV mains and uh, we'll be gladly to do that. That's fantastic. Uh, Cause um, you're right. I mean, the property is a nice safe environment to introduce kids because there's a lot of units out there you can't control them like you you have that kind of control or you know oversight so that's pretty fantastic and and we all know that we've got to get the younger kids involved in these sports because we don't uh we're getting very old the club members are getting very old mm -hmm. and this is my number one goals being an atv main is to bring the younger kids into it so right you know get them into the sport and then also get them involved, you know, learn right. the importance of getting involved with the different clubs that uh, they might be close to, or if they're riding on trails in different parts, you know, maybe, you know, give a financial donation to the club, help support the trails you ride on. And, exactly. Uh, Cause a little bit of money goes a long ways. And that, and, and if they could just see the amount of work that the, the clubs do to make these trails rideable, then they'd have a better understanding. And then they'd also have a better understanding of why to take care of them and not destroy them. So, you know, right. it helps in that aspect too. Yeah, it helps build the real respect for A, the trails, and then the people who put in all the effort ahead of them. Exactly. So that's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, what is a, you know, a new bill that you might have in place to, uh, right now, the process right now to help benefit the riders out there? Well, the big bill right now for this year, and actually was a bill for last year. Okay. And uh, because last year, actually late 2019, Governor Mills established an ATV task force. It was comprised of landowners, large and small, uh, some dealerships, and uh, members of the ATV, main ATV, and the MSA because uh, there was issues with the landowners that they were having. And the whole goal of this task force was to iron out these issues. Right. So we got to the point where it got, got the legislative bill written. Uh, it was uh, ought, passed, ought, ought to pass mm -hmm. uh, majority, but then the COVID struck and the legislature didn't convene and pass the bill. So we lost a whole year on that. So LD 1439, it's an act to clarify ATV vehicle and establish regular maintenance of designated straight uh, state approved ATV trails. <laughs> One of the big issues we have in Maine was for the game ones and the people that are uh, enforcing the laws was there was no clear, clear definition of what an ATV was. We right. had people that were taking fenders off Toyota pickups and stuff and and register them as ATVs. Well, the landowners, that's not where their original intent was to allow ATV. And we all know that it started as a smaller ATV, single one person ATV, and it wasn't real wide and wasn't real heavy. So then fast forward about 20 years, we've got the invent of the side-by-side. -side. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mahinda Rock Shore kind of brought it to the forefront because it looks like a CJ Jeep and it weighs over 4,000 pounds. 
So this right. was the big thing for the, the committee. And they, so what they did is they wanted to narrow them up. And we, and for years, uh, our state director for the ATV division, Brian Bronson, has been trying to tell the uh, manufacturers that we need to make them narrower or we need to keep them narrower. And as you know, a lot of them have just gone the opposite way. And I think we all know the reason for that is because they build them bigger and faster. And the way to make them stable is to make them wider. Right, right. So the landowners didn't want this, these heavy vehicles on these ATV trails. Mm-hmm. And what, what was happening was to make these some of these side-by-sides fit through the gates that had been established on some of these trails, they had to widen them up. Well, by widening them up, now the pick, small pickups and small Jeeps can get through there. So we came to an agreement of uh, a 65-inch width and a 2,000-pound right. limit. Right. And okay. right, right now, the uh, bill is in is uh, being printed. Uh, it got a ought to pass again, mm-hmm. and it also established a new uh, twenty five dollar fee that's going to go on top of the registration, and uh, that will help put more money onto the ground because uh, a lot of the landowners and the large landowners are. Uh, requiring the trails be built up to the BMP best maintenance practice standards. And it's a standard that the state came up with, with that they use in logging roads and stuff like that. So uh, that extra money will help out immensely mm-hmm. with uh, achieving this. And it looks like uh, hopefully we can get this passed. And, and in doing so, it's basically what we're saying is we're here to, to work with the landowners because 95% of the trails in the state of Maine are on private landowners and right. we've got to keep them happy. And more people are starting to understand that, that, uh, you know, it, I believe Brian Bronson told us there's over 3000 landowners that allow, that allow our system to be there. So the, we have over 6,000 miles of trails mm-hmm. and uh, it takes over 3,000 landowners to do that. So we've yeah. got to keep them happy and we got to respect their land. It is their land. They're letting us use it. And if we do that, I think it's going to help immensely with with our relationship with landowners because we, we've got to do that. If we don't do that, we might as well start talking about shutting down land. So Right, right. And it really, uh, you know, creates another problem. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but when you cut off trail systems, whatever, then you create what a concentration on a smaller piece of land, which actually ends up creating more damage. Um, right. Thus stressing that relationship even further. Mm. So in, in, in the BMT, BMT standards tells you how to correctly build your trails. You know, right. when, when we uh, built our first trail here in Millinocket, mm-hmm. it, uh, the Comet, we call it Comet's Katahdin Recreational Multi-Use Trail. And we, we our trail is, a portion of it is both ATV and snowmobiling, but then a portion of it's just ATVing because they don't need to go as far down there. They jump across the highway and go a different way. And uh, we, when we first built this trail, we built it flat. 
because snowmobiling like to have it flat and they like to be able to groom it flat and mm -hmm. but that's the wrong way to go you need to build all your trails with a crown to it and by building with a crown the water doesn't stay on the trail the water runs to the ditches mm -hmm. and to the culverts and everything where it's supposed to be designed so we're in, we're, we've been in the process since we built the trail started in uh 2008 and had the completion in 2012 been in operation and uh we're now going back through and redoing them correctly you know right right and i guess when they groom they can groom them flat right and right so exactly and so great great um no, so with that being said, let's change gears a little bit. I always ask all my guests, you know, a, a best or funniest story um, that they've either been part of or witnessed as uh, something that makes them shake their head today, that makes them laugh. Well, uh, I, I, had, I had to think about that one. <laughs> uh, had quite a few of them, but uh, when we were building the Comet Trail, uh, we had to, I mean, this was a trail that was, we, we were given a GPS route. We went out through the woods and, and flagged it. And uh, we, we ended up, uh, you know, doing this right from scratch, basically. Wow. And uh, as they were building it with the excavators and getting in there and building it, making it flat. And then we had uh, our 16 miles of trails has got about 175 culverts in it. Oh. And, you know, it was it was an expense. We got we got over half a million dollars in that sixteen miles of trails, mm -hmm. and uh, so I took a friend of mine bike one day because I wanted to make a, a quick trip and I wanted to go out and mark because we made we uh, printed up some signs that were going to be on mile marker signs and not only had it mile marker signs it had the name of the, tra the trail mm -hmm. had the uses on it and it also had a GPS coordinate so that if somebody got hurt we would you know, they know approximately where they are. So if they had to have life flight or something like that, come in. Right. Right. So, uh, I talked to a buddy of mine and I said, Hey, can I use your, uh, your, uh, Yamaha two wheeler, you know, bike? Mm -hmm. I got to make a quick run and I wanted to go out and I wanted to flag where the mile markers had to be. So I only had to go run 16 miles, but on the latter part of the trail, they hadn't got the, the culverts in yet. So I was kind of going through down through and then I, I kept moving. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I started down the trail. I didn't get probably 400 yards. And I dropped into a garage, pitched myself over the bars, in the great big pile of mud, got up, <laughs> brushed myself off, gloves are all mud and everything, got myself up. I said, wow, this is going to be a great day. So I ended up uh, headed back on the trail, and I was mocking them where each mile mark had to be. And then I got down right about the end of the trail and there was one place that was a, where the culvert was out, not in yet. Mm -hmm. And I went down into it. And when I hit the, the other side of that banking, the bike just went into the banking. Oh. There I am now. I'm all by myself. And I'm trying to get that bike out of there. And it's spinning and digging in the mud. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to do here? And I pulled and I talked and I, you know, and now I'm standing in this black mud trying yep. to lift up the bike, trying to get the rear end up because the front tires up on the, up on the hard part of the trail, rear tires are buried. So I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? I don't have a coronary here pulling on this thing. Nobody around. 
Mm -hmm. So I called my buddy that I borrowed it from. I said, you ain't gonna believe this. What's that? I said, I got the bike stuck. And I've never done that in my life with a motorcycle. I got it actually stuck. Right, right. So uh, he set his set out. And uh, I walked out. There was just happened to be a cutoff road that went out to the highway that runs parallel with that trail. Okay. So I walked out there and I was sitting on the road waiting for him to come. And I'm like, now I'm covered with mud head to toe because of the first of the flip that I took earlier in the day. <laughs> and then the rest of the day, I'm standing in mud like up to my knees. And I get out by the road and I'm just covered with mud. And one of my neighbors goes driving by and he sees me and he pulls over and he says, what are you doing? I said, well, <laughs> you're not going to believe it, but I get the bike stuck in there. And he said, well, do you want to ride home? I said, I'm not getting in your car like this. So uh, I said, don't worry about it. My buddy's son's coming up to give me a hand. So we went in there and the two of us finally got that bike unstuck. And it was, I, it took me a day and a half to clean it. It was oh. like, wow, I've never, never in my life been stuck like that. And it's like, you know, wow. And things you do when you're out in the trail alone, you know, and you always think I'm just going to take a quick ride, make some mark, get, you know, get things done. And it turned into a nightmare. Anything can happen. That's oh, yeah. 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 I pulled and I pulled and I pulled and, and cussed it. It just kept digging and more digging. Mm -hmm. You couldn't even see the rear wheel. It was so just buried in mud. Oh, wow. But with the two of us there, we were able to. You know how you get in that muck, it get like it just sucks you right in like a suction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. finally had to break the suction. Once we get the suction broke, we were able to get it up a little bit. We got it out. Get so, up on the surface and such. Oh my goodness. I, I was I was gonna have to leave it there, you know. And I knew right. nobody was gonna steal it because they couldn't get it out themselves. So <laughs> but, yeah. Let a small army for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh geez. That's a story. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Things you do, like I said, the first time, just pitching myself over the bars wasn't fun at all, you know. I no. coming and arms both went in the mud. I was coming right up to my friggin' shoulders of mud. <laughs> Couldn't believe it, you know. Well, well, at least it was a soft landing. Yeah, it was. I wasn't going that fast. It just it just sucked me right down, tweaked that front end, and over the bars I went. <laughs> oh. That's one way to do a Superman, I guess. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> I, I say that now. I'll tell the kids. I used to do them. <laughs> <laughs> not by, not on purpose, though. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. So, as popularity uh, <laughs> of the sport increases, you know, from your position, what are some concerns that you have? Well, uh, one of the is get my concern is getting enough young people involved with clubs really because they need to they need to know that it's more than just buying a four-wheeler or an off-road vehicle and go mm -hmm. riding it's part of volunteering and and right it makes you feel better about it when you do you know mm -hmm. and right now um and because i see this by being the vice president of atv maine we go around the state different clubs and stuff and we hear all the same arguments both on the snow sled side and the ATV side. Mm -hmm. uh, I bet you uh, at the, I was at the MSA uh, banquet last weekend, Main Snowmobile Association. Right, yeah. And uh, there was uh, probably, I was probably the youngest person there. And I'm 63 years old, you know. And, and they're all elderly people. They all, mm -hmm. they're dedicated 
we need to do this with the young kids. And I don't know what it's going to take to bring them to the, to the table, but they need to understand that if this is going to continue, we need another generation of people that's going to be up. there work to, to support, step up the plate and help keep these trails maintained. Because uh, last fall, we lost two bridges a week before the season closed. We had uh, a contractor working on the trail and mm -hmm. one of his drivers decided to drive across one of our bridges with a dump truck. Oh, and it was one that we just a month before redecked the whole thing, all brand new decking. And he totaled that bridge. I mean, he totaled it out. The truck ended up in the brook, uh, busted everything there. We couldn't even salvage any of the, the decking. And then we had another one where somebody uh, went over one of our ATV bridges with a pickup truck and broke that all crap. So we had two bridges to replace right at the end of the season. And the three guys that did most of the work were the youngest one was 76 and up to 85, 86 years old. So, yeah. you know, this is the issue that we have and we've, and it's got to change at some point because if we don't, we're not going to be able to keep these trails open. No, no, someone's got to do it. And, uh, uh, it's definitely, we got to get some new blood in there to start learning the ropes and what it is to build trails, what it is to manage a club and, um, and just be part of it and the importance of it. So, and, uh, and you know, once they get involved with it, I mean, like with me, uh, you know, if I want to go out and use the clubs side by side, I can just go out at any time and use it, you know, I'm going mm -hmm. out, check on the trail, do an inventory checking on signs, replacing signs, stuff like that. You get the free use of the equipment, you know, as long as you take care of it and everything. And, right. And that, yeah. That's a plus right there, you know. So there's a lot of perks, you know, along yeah. with the camaraderie, meeting people that are like minded that love the sport as much as you do. And um yeah. and there's uh there's bonds made when you're working side by side with somebody to build something and you can just say, hey, we built this section of trail or whatever. And that's right. Um, and and not only that but you can get involved in the, the board of directors or something like that. And they're all lifetime appointments. Once you get in there, you can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, there's a lot of perks to. Yeah. But that, that to me, that's the biggest issue facing the whole state. It's not just Millinocket. It's not just Augusta, Fort Kent. We need mm -hmm. to get the younger people away from the, the stuff. Yep. And looking down and not doing anything and, out in the woods and, and enjoying the woods and, and maintaining the trails and, and having a good time. Well, fortunately, you know, with a, you know, disaster of last year, the plus is that there has been a lot more exposure to younger people. And uh, now we just got to encourage people to, you know, get involved. And um, so we're able to snag one or two high schoolers a year, you mm -hmm. know, usually Usually it's a son of a parent in the club or something like that. Already, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know. But we do definitely, uh, it's 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 going to be a hard, hard sell. It really mm -hmm. is. Right. Because we all know, we all like to ride. They all like to ride. Yeah. But you got to get them trails maintained, too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to show them the other side of that coin. It's a very Correct. important side. Um, what's one of the best places you've ever ridden? Well, it's, it's funny, you, I'm looking at that, and I I would say it's a trail that probably nobody can ride now because uh, it was a Mattagamon Lake Trail. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, now it's part of the uh, 
Woods and Water National Monument, and there's no trail riding in there now. Uh, we, get to, we get to ride it. A buddy of mine used to ride it quite often. It was a beautiful, it was basically a snowslip trail that uh, the landowners allowed us to ride through there in the summertime. And I'll tell you, during, during times of the summer, it was just like you were riding on a lawn. It was just, it was all just, it looked like it had been groomed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, really nice. It was a nice ride to take. Uh, there was, you get to go by Grand Pitts Falls and then you, you could go all the way up to Madigan Lake. And there was a store there. So you could get fuel and something to, mm-hmm. a bite to eat and come back through. Had a real nice, uh, like about a mile, mile and a half mud section that you had to get through. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now it's part of the national monument, and we're not going there anymore. So got to ride that, and and uh, I'm glad that I did. So right, yeah. Well, it sounds like an awesome uh, place to go for sure. Too bad the rest of us don't get to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, there was a there was a place there. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Bowling Pond Camps across the river, mm-hmm. and my buddy and I used to stop right around in that area and geez one day this guy comes walking right out of the woods on us jumped the crap out of us we didn't know where he come from and uh we come to find out he had a cable car that he would he could use a single cable car you'd hook it on there was a cable yeah. up there and he scoot across the river on it and, oh wow. uh, yeah and my buddy opie he uh, he wanted to try it so the guy let him try it and it was, it was weird because the cable had quite a bit of stretch in it so mm-hmm. when you were going down he was heading down. It was going down into like a loop like this, you know, and I thought it, I started laughing. I thought he was going right into the water with it, you know, with his little extra weight there, but he had to get his feet up and he scooted right across there and everything. And I, we laughed about that, but I said to the guys, geez, I was wondering where you, how, how you got across the river and everything. He said, well, we got to kick. And now they have a, they built a bridge across there. So. Oh, okay. Nice yeah. Spot. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, that was pretty neat. That is neat. Very cool. Uh What's uh what's one place you, you probably haven't ridden yet that you'd love to go ride? Well, I'm kind of I I would like to go ride. I would like to take and say I've ridden all six thousand miles of the ATV trails in the state of Maine. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is I'm one of the few probably members that is a president of an ATV and Stoneville Club and vice president of ATV Maine that I don't own an ATV or a snow sled. Oh, so I was into two world sports, mm-hmm. motocross and stuff like that, and uh, rode all over New England. But uh, I just with with doing this and mm-hmm. writing grants, talking to landowners, working on the trails, organizing all the stuff. Really, not a lot of room to to find a ride right now, and I think once I once I'm looking at retiring another year, year and a half, and I think when I do, I'll pick pick something up, and then I can go outside doing some riding, you know. But right now, it's it's uh, probably the trails, and I'd like to say I've ridden all the trails in the state of Maine. That would be uh, that'd be a great feat, and I I, yeah. I know you can do it. Yeah, oh yeah, it. it can definitely get done. Well, they're it's, actually it's, getting a committee. To, I mean, it's uh, they they're gonna have an inspection team that's gonna be going out. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be inspecting the trails once a year. So they're going to have to ride that 6,000 miles once a year. I don't know if they're going to do it in a team, a couple or what, but 
Mm-hmm. That's quite a bit of riding for one year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have to talk about that maybe and see about how we can get that done. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's uh, what are some of the biggest challenges um, that you're working on right now you're trying to accomplish? Well, uh, for us here in, in uh, Millinocket, we uh, we're working on a uh, we're working on getting a trail through. We, we're dead ended right now, coming from the west, from western, okay. from from the Brownville, Milo, Dover area. You can get to Millinocket, but you can't get through to East Millinocket, Medway, Mattawamke. Well, East Millinocket now is connected from East Millinocket to Mattawamke. We just going to make the connection through to East Millinocket. And I've been working five years on this. And we had one landowner that, that they don't, they just don't like ATV. Mm-hmm. So it's been a block. And I think we found a way around. And I met with that landowner last week. And I'm just waiting for the word back from them. And if we mm-hmm. can make this connection through for us in this area, we'll be like the East West Highway between the right. two biggest cells. Mm-hmm. That'll open up. 3,000 more miles of, of ATVing for us that you won't have to trail it to. You can ride and then, right. you, then you can go all the way to Fort Kent, Maine or Cutler, Maine on the trail wow. system. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be huge. And then also uh, we can't do it until we get this connection. And that's why we've been working on the connections uh, as hard as we have been. Mm-hmm. But after we get the connection, we're looking at building, uh, I'll call it Jericho 2. Oh. Okay. Wow. That's because, a bold uh, uh, statement. Yes. Well, I've been out to Jericho several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one was uh, Camp Razier. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what's odd about this is Millinocket and East Millinocket are very similar to Gorham and Berlin. We both okay. had paper mills for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. We both locked our paper industry about the same time. But they had the insight they had to purchase that 7,000 acre parcel. Mm-hmm. So with saying that, they they kind of led the way for us. And right. I've been going out talking to people and talking to manufacturers and stuff. And uh, we want to do the same thing here. And the unique part about it is between our t- two towns, we have a, a 23 or 2400 acre parcel right now that the state owns this land. And we want to see if we can uh, turn it into a multi-use park and actually expand on it, you know, to be about the same size that Jericho's got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, back, they basically are leading the way for us to, we can learn by, some of the mistakes they made and mm-hmm. the things that are good and the things that are bad. I, and I noticed uh, apparently in the last year or two, they also have opened up an, an ATV uh, Jeep trail too, because there's, there's a need for that. Mm-hmm. And if we get them to stay off the ATV trails and give them a place to ride, then. Right. Help out. Yeah, definitely. You know, if uh, opens opportunities and alleviates the stress of people having to feel like they have to, Break the law, if you will, to do something. Right, right. and great place you know, to do. Yeah, and and the the thing that I thought found that was really odd was Berlin doesn't even have a hotel. 
You know, and they hold one of the largest ATV festivals in New England. But they got a lot of campgrounds. They got a lot of stuff like that around there. So we're in the same, you know, basically. But we also have, we have Mount Katahdin in our backyard. Mm -hmm. Plus you guys got the White Mountains and stuff. And uh, my brother-in-law lived in Gorham for a while. So I was able to go out there and stay there and and, uh, visit and, and, you know, see what they're doing out there and how they're managing it. I talked to the the club owner out there. I got the ATV club owner and, and the president and, I've been picking their brains, you know. Yep. Alex and those guys are doing a good job. Um, We got the big ATV invasion coming up at the end of July. Um, But, yeah, their Achilles heel is hospitality. Yep. And uh, um, it's tough. I mean, I've been trying. I've been trying to get our town, some of our counselors from Millinocket and some of our selectmen from East Mm -hmm. and a couple of the business people in, in the area to take a ride out during one of the days of that. To see what's going on. like especially like the, the Friday night when they bring come in and they do the parade Friday night. Right. And you know, see all that going on and how they use Main Street down there and how it's so welcoming it is. And I know uh, because I've talking to uh oh geez, the guy that owns the ATV rentals up there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Um he's got a last name. Uh, I'll think of it, but anyway, yeah, he uh he said, you know, they, they've had some growing pains, you know, mm-hmm. and there's been some issues with some people, you know, complaining. And of course, when you bring that many ATVs in the area, there's going to be issues, you know? Sure. But sure. it's it's definitely a big economic boost for that area. And it's, it's crazy. Really. And Maine needs it. And Maine needs it. Going up from there, I know how badly sure. Maine needs the, you know, the economy. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, we, we, we had, uh, we had a booming paper industry in this area. Mm-hmm. We lost it all. I, I mean, I worked for the paper mill here for 27 years. And yeah. my, my, my son was a fifth generation of my family that worked in the paper industry. So we lost it all. But So we're reinventing the wheel here. And, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a little bit of everything. But I think this will be a, a definite boom for this area if we can do this. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing... Uh, that we're working on through ATV Maine is we want to, we want to do a, uh, an ATV trade show in Bangalore. We want to set up an ATV trade show. Mm -hmm. Bangalore would be a perfect place for it. They got the cross center there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they also across the street, they have the, they have the uh, waterfront concert series right there. Mm -hmm. And that behind them, they have Bass Park, which you could do like bring the trick riders and people like that in there. So they, it's really good location. We've been several years. We we do we have a booth at the MSA trade show for the snowmobile in Augusta, mm-hmm. and it's been a nice trade show. But it really can't expand like you can in Bangalore. So I think uh, we're at we're at, we've been talking. I've been just getting talk started with them, mm-hmm. and we're looking at probably 23, 24 pulling something off. So that would be fantastic. That'd be yeah. fantastic. It'd be quite the event. Ray Bergeron's the guy's name. He owns a shop up there that rents out ATVs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Real good guy because I met him through uh, motocross. So he, he was one of the main, uh, main motocross series race directors. Real nice guy. Okay. He, was, he had me in his shop one day showing me about how he does his rentals and everything. And mm-hmm. he said, oh, yeah. And he says, no, can I? he can go on his computer and he can tell where all his rentals are. 
Yep. He knows where they are at the time. How and fast they're going and everything else. And he also knows when they, they're not supposed to be somewhere. And he can shut them right down off the computer from the computer. That's fantastic. So he'll shut them down. Next thing you know, they're on the phone saying, hey, you're my side by side. Just quit on me. What's that? What's the matter with this piece of crap? Well, he said, if you turn around, you get back where you're supposed to be. I'll start it up for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. I mean, it. they got a great thing going out there. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, like I said, I'm working on getting some people from here out there to see it because we were going to think about doing it last year and then COVID came and nothing been going on. So. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be quite the event. If you do definitely head out that way, make sure you reach out to me. And uh, yeah, because uh, I, I will be there. Okay. Um, I'm covering it and so forth and yeah, enjoying in the uh, festivities. So yeah, there. And like I said, I see the changes, little, you know, changes they're making every year that I go there. Mm-hmm. You know, like now they get the bus services running. And I mean, because yep. you can't, there's so many four wheels up in the park that you can't put you know cars up there or anything so right right it just makes sense and of course Pretty this well. year it's uh there's going to be it's all going to be on private property this year oh, really? so and it's all be going to con- contain so they won't be going downtown uh the concert series and all that is all going to be on that uh jericho gateway um uh, lands there right next to the, the park Oh, really? Um, yeah. So because they couldn't have the Jericho ATV Festival because the committee uh, voted not to do it again this year. But then it was like literally weeks later that the restrictions were lifted. And uh, so um, the club stepped up and said, well, why don't we have it on private property and we'll go from there. And oh, yeah. So that'll alleviate some of the headaches and yeah. you can actually do more stuff because it's all in one place. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, John, what's a good way for people to that want to get more information from you or you know reach you and maybe get involved? Uh, well, the- uh, really, the easiest way is atvmain.org. I okay. believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just type in ATV Main. It's going to come up. Okay. And uh, you go there and you can click on. Uh, the uh, board of directors, and we're all listed there. My name's there, and our emails are there. And uh, my my cell is two zero seven four four seven one eight one eight. So it's pretty easy to remember. 18, okay. 18. And I, you know, I'll answer if I can. If I can't, I'll get somebody there that can. And uh, we also have uh, Nolan Timber Cruises Snowmobile and ATV Club. Uh, we have our own website too. So. Okay. Uh, you know, I think that if you just try to go that route, you should be able to get a hold of me. Okay. That sounds great. And what I'll do is I'll actually put links to all of those things okay. down below the description here. And uh, that way they can just click on it and just go right straight to you and um, go get all the information and answers questions and so forth. Okay. Uh, so, but uh, well, John, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, hopefully someone can learn the benefits of getting involved. And well, I think, uh, I think Shane, that uh, we can definitely, you know, I think I'm glad to see something like this that you're doing because it's, we got to keep getting the word out to the, to the younger people and they're into this type of thing, podcasts and anything over the social media. 
Yep. So it's good to reach out through them that way. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep plugging forward and see what we can do. All right. We'll do. Thanks again for your time. Have a good one. Okay, yeah, you too.